0: I was going to sing a song about Father Abraham.
1: Okay, go to it. Go to it.
0: Father Abraham, in many sons, many sons of Father Abraham, I am one of the them. And, them. and so, so are you, you, you and
1: you. So you. So are you. So, I ask you, parents, how important is our kids' program? <laughs> Let me tell you, many seeds are planted down there, and they last a lifetime. All right, we'll bring the adults in. Why is Abraham so important to us? He's the father of what? Of faith, right? He is the father of faith. And why is he the father of faith? Because he had such tremendous faith. He's a model for us in our faith, and we're going to see the connection today, but what a tremendous faith, and and when you read about what we're going to read about today, in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham was 75 years old when he began his journey with God. Do we have any 75-year-olds in the house today, or close? How easy would it be for you... 75 years old they don't want to they don't want to raise their hand That's okay How easy would it be to begin your faith journey at 75 years old If you were just to pick up and move from one place to another and not with you know a moving company No everything was either carried on animals or on your back and you walked that would be a tremendous challenge of faith. Typically, when you get to be about 70 years old, you want to settle down. And that's why they have retirement communities. So you can stay in one place and not have to move around a lot. Everything's local. But to today, we're going we're gonna to watch about Abraham's life. And we're going to see... Sorry about the music there. And we're going to watch about how it all began. And it begins with Lot and Abraham. On their journey. Let's watch,
0: Uncle. Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household, to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and he took his nephew Lot with him, and set out for the land of Canaan. Uncle, yes, Lot. What have you done now? My livestock—they need rest. They need water. Of course, they do. It's a long journey. Indeed, it is. A journey you said was commanded by God. Ah. Some are starting to see you're mad. What do you say, Lot? Why did you decide to bring me? Why did you decide to come?
1: Ever since my father died, you've treated me like your son. You've divided your possessions to me. I I could never repay you.
0: You'll never have to, Lot. You'll never have to. And God was with Abram, and both he and Lot increased greatly. And their abundance was so great that the land could not support both of them. And there were quarrels between the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot. Lot, God has given us great abundance. The land can no longer support both of us in one place. I've heard that there are quarrels between our herdsmen. My men were there first. Lot, there's not the whole land before us. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. The plains of Jordan are beautiful and well watered like the garden of the Lord. choose the east. So be it. Lot. God go with you. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plains and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. So Abram moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. What's happened? There has been war in the flames of Jordan. King Keraloma had taken all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and.
1: They have Lot. Lot? They've taken Lot and all of his possessions.
0: They have an entire army. We have 300 men at best. God will be with us. Go.
1: Defeated the entire army and recovered all of the people and spoils of Sodom and were taken. God has given us a great victory. Gather
0: up the people. Master! The king of Sodom has asked for you. There's an assembly in the Valley of the Kings lot. me, and the mighty Abram brought it back. I am the king of Sodom. We are here to celebrate your victory. I'm very pleased to have been able to rescue the people. My nephew, Lot here, he's very dear to me. Come to my table. Who is that man? Melchizedek, king of Salem some people say he's a king others a priest I say neither
1: I am Melchizedek priest of God most high I brought you bread and wine from my table come and eat blessed be Abram of God most
0: high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be the most high God delivered your enemy to your hand I have taken the spoils of battle they are mine and to you Melchizedek priest of the Most High God King of Salem attempt Abram, you are a generous man who has reclaimed all that was taken from me. Give me the people, and take all the goods for yourself, all of them. I have sworn before the Most High God, Possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing. I will take not a thread, not a sandal, nothing that is yours, for fear you may say, I have made a. I will take nothing except what my young men have eaten and a share for those men that went with me. But to Melchizedek goes a tenth of all. Very well. Wait. Do not be afraid, for I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Lord God, Lord God, what, what will you give me seeing that I am childless? One born a servant, and my house is my heir. This man will not be your heir. But one that comes from your own body. He shall be your heir. Go outside. Look towards the heavens and count the stars. you are able to count them, so shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. Oh, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord God, for being God. Holy, holy God.
1: if you want to read more and get to know Abram, Abram who became Abraham a little better, I'd encourage you to go back, read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 12 through 15. And it's an amazing history of how God blesses people who trust him. And our theme for this year is, anybody remember? I believe. I believe. And that's our decision. That's our decision to do and live this year is believe in God, trust God. And right now we're going through a series of uh, studies in our small groups and our faith groups where we're looking at uh, just how to manage our finances in God's way, according to the scriptures. And today the theme of what we're going to talk about is big decisions. As you could tell, when Abram was 75 years old, He made a big decision. He was called by God. And what was that decision? He could have stayed where he was. Or he could have listened to God and gone where God told him to go. What was his decision? Go with God. Today, I want to remind you that that God doesn't just call a few people. He's calling everyone. But there are very few people who make the decision to follow God. To trust Him. And you'll see a contrast between... Abraham and his nephew Lot, right? Abraham made some very intense choices, but all based on what God's will was. And Lot, he made the choice to go with the bling, to go with the flash, to go where things appeared to be better. And he made poor decisions that would affect the rest of his life. And today I want to encourage you because this is a great example of when you make big decisions in your life, you've got to sit down and consider it carefully. And God wants to be involved in our big decisions. He wants to help us make big decisions well because there's so much at stake. And too too often people make casual decisions and, and go about making big decisions casually instead of... What we learned this past week. Anybody know and remember what we learned last week? What do you do when you're making a big decision? What do you need? Counsel. And lots of it. But counsel from who? Counsel from godly people. God, from God's Word. Through prayer. And I've been, you know, I've lived this out for many years. Most of it good, but some of it not so good. And that's what God allows us to do. He allows us to make free choices. Today, it's your choice to be here today. I hope someone didn't twist your arm and make you come. And force you to come to church. Because that's not what it's about. It's a choice. And you're here because you decided to come. And God wants it that way. But our free will is an open door for blessings or disaster. And we'll see this contrast, but how would you respond at 75 years old if God said, hey, I want you to pick up your belongings, leave here and go out to Bakersfield? But what about Bakersfield? I don't know people in Bakersfield. They're my, they're, I, don't know any, I don't have any friends in Bakersfield. Maybe Josh Peterson could say, yes, I have friends in Bakersfield, but not everybody does. It would be a challenge. But you know, God calls a lot of us to leave where we are and become different people. Not leave your location, leave who you are and how you're living. How do you respond to that? How do you react to that? Abraham, his decision was, I'm going with God. And he was accused, as you saw, of being what? Local, a little crazy. That he was slightly mentally ill. You know, when people get older, they say things that may be a little bit different. You think, man, they're not, they're, they're, the gears are slipping a little bit. But that wasn't the case with Abraham. Abraham was right on with his decision better to follow God than to follow men, and to follow my, what I desire for myself. And big life decisions, big life choices. I'll give you a few examples. Where you will live, the kind of people that you're going to hang around with, and you're going to befriend, who you're going to surround yourself with. These decisions are big decisions, and they have an effect on how your life is going to play out. If it's going to play out with blessings, or if it's going to play out like Lot with many, many challenges. You can read on about Lot's life. It didn't end well for him. But it all had to do with the choices that he made. Remember when him and Abraham were standing there and they were overlooking the land and what did he, what did he choose? He chose, to, he chose to go to the east, but why? It looked a lot better. It looked nice. But one of the things that he didn't consider as the Bible tells us, and Abraham knew it, and he probably knew it. What kind of people live in the east? Wicked people that were sinning against God. What kind of people do you hang around with? And not from this vantage point of, I want to influence them for God. Rather, they're going to influence you. And see, Lot didn't have the character to take a stand, so it probably would have been better to him to stay closer to Abraham. But he made that choice. Another one is the relationships. And I want to talk specifically to the young people today. You know, as you consider, you know, your, your friendships and who you're going to hang around with, big relationships like who you're going to date, who you're going to marry. Those are huge decisions that not only are going to affect your life, they're going to affect the lives of future children that you might have. Those are big decisions. Had God not intervened in my life at 21, I know how it would have turned out. It would have been messy. But at 21 years old, I made the decision that Abraham made, God, I'm going to let you drive my life. And I'm going to seek counsel from people that I see. I see their example. I see their marriage. I see their family. And I want to follow that. I want that kind of marriage, that kind of family. So I would ask them, Hey, who do you think would be a good person to go on a date with? And as I considered more seriously relationships, I would ask other men and say, Hey, what do you think about her? What do you think about this, this, this relationship? And because of that advice, I was able to avoid a lot of situations that would have ended up in disaster. I remember specifically, I'll, I'll get a little open here. I may have mentioned it a while back, but I remember I liked this girl the first year I was in the church. I liked her a lot. But one of the brothers said, hey, go easy, go slow. She was in the church and you figure, well, she's in the church, right? She's got to be, she's a disciple, she's a Christian. He said, go easy, go slow. And as it turned out, as time played out, she was very fickle. And she left the Lord. Not longer than a year later. And I was so thankful, went back to that brother and I told him, I said, thank you for, giving me that good advice because you helped me avoid a disaster because if I would continue that relationship as she was struggling people have that influence when you have a relationship they can take you over the edge also that's the power of relationships that's the power of influence and Abraham was wiser for it Lot was not Priorities in your life. And this is a huge area in our lives. What's more important? Why did Abraham, Abram at the time, leave Haran? What was his priority? Was it his wealth, his family, his situation that he had? No, his priority was God and God's will. And because he followed that and made that a priority in his life, and I want to speak directly to people that are here visiting with us, how big and how much of a priority is God's Word in your life? How big of a priority is a a community like this, a faith-based community where people are all about following God and doing what's right? Do you have other things that are more important where, you know, it's this sport program or this activity, this hobby, this other thing, and there's no room for God, maybe on Easter, maybe at Christmas, maybe on a special occasion, you know, that's going to make having a tremendous effect on your life and on your children's life. You know, I appreciate so much this young man who sang Father Abraham. Where did you learn that in our Kingdom's Kids program? What if your attendance and you coming to church is so sparse that your children never get a chance to learn songs and, and learn stories and learn history from the Bible? It's going to affect their lives. And that's why we want the children to be in the service once in a while because it's important for them to see us worship. You know, a lot of times children want to come to church, but mom and dad are tired and focused on themselves. It's a big mistake. And it's a mismanagement of priorities. And who and what are you going to invest your life with, your investments, your life investments, Where are your primary investments? And I would say that today, the primary investment that people make is work-related and material-related. It is the primary thing that drives people's lives. And you're going to have to do your own evaluation of your life. But where do you spend most of your time without competition? Is it on material things? Or do you try to balance it out with family people, and spiritual values. See, as life goes on, those things are going to play out as it did in Lot's life. Lot lost his wife, lost all of his possessions, and morally didn't orient his family. It was a sad ending. But he had a decision to make all along. At that point when Abraham saved him and brought him and and recaptured him, could have made a choice. You know what, Abraham? I'm going to stay with you. And we're going to work this thing out with our herdsmen. And I'm sure there's plenty of land and I'll turn it over to you, but I'd rather be with you, uncle, because I realize you're going to be a better influence on me than the king of Sodom. And some of us know whatever happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. They were destroyed. And Abraham again You can read about it in Genesis 18. Abraham again rescued Lot, pleading with God to save him. And because of Abraham, God sent an angel to pull Lot out again. So these are the decisions that we have. Another interesting lesson we can learn from this, this story about, and this history about Abraham is God will bless generosity. Look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11 verse 25. It says here, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will he he himself be refreshed. You know, today we have a a day of community service and we're going to work here on the grounds. Why are we doing that? Because it's important for us to be generous and give to others and leave an impact here. And, you know, with your neighbors and with your friends, it's important to to practice this Scripture that people, you're known for being generous. You're known for being to share. Even for our children among us, how fun is it to play with somebody who doesn't share? It's no fun at all. But when somebody's willing to share, it changes the day. And today we get an opportunity to share our time, our effort with the temple here and leave a blessing behind. And Lot's focus was on the bling and the choices affected the rest of his life as we talked about. And how do you make the right choices in your life? How do you go about that? Who do you have involved in your life to make those big choices? Look what it says here in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. This is a practical example of how to make good decisions. You want to make good decisions? Here's the answer. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. What are your friends like? Are they people of character or are they mockers? Jokesters? Clowns? i got to confess, when I was a kid in school, I hung around with the jokesters and the clowns. And I had a pretty thick file in my elementary school at the dean's office. And the primary reason why I had that file so thick, and I came very close to getting kicked out of my middle school, was the people I hung around with. And I would long for the attention from my friends. And I made some really bad decisions in middle school. And we read on and it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Wouldn't that be nice? Whatever you touch, whatever you involve yourself in, it goes well for you. Wouldn't that be a blessing? That has a lot to do with who you surround yourself with. What do you get involved in? Who are your best friends? What are you most dedicated to? And who are you most dedicated to? Abraham's life was like that. God blessed him. And there's nothing wrong with wealth as long as it comes from a right life. Without compromise. Without corruption. But very clearly the Bible says who you surround yourself with will determine good choices. Good decisions. But you know there's a problem today in our society with particularly young people, we're very independent. We live in an age where we're so connected with media and cell phones and all kinds of stuff, but we rely on very few people to help us make decisions in our lives. We're super independent. And we'll get in our we'll get into into financial debt up to our ears, that's one of the things that this small group is working on. Our, our program during the week is helping us get out of debt and stay out of debt. It's an epidemic right now in our country. It's estimated that the average person owes between seven and ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. And then you speak of our you know our, our institutions, It's estimated that every living citizen in the United States is in debt because of our overall debt as a country. $40,000 per person. That means the smallest child with a U.S. passport owes $40,000. That's crazy. But that's the mentality of the world that we live in. And by following God's word, we can avoid those pitfalls and decide, no, I'm not going to go the way of the world. I'm going the way of God. Let's close out here in Genesis chapter 15. As we read about that awesome night, and it's great to end our our lesson with some inspiration, right? What's the limit on your life? What's the limitation? As we looked at the beginning of the title of our service and lesson today, is the stars are the limit. How high are the stars? There's no limit. Look here at that night that Abraham was called by God again. Genesis 15, verse 4 and 5. It says here, Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming to you from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. How many stars are in the sky? Billions upon billions. Now, do you think God knew what He was talking about? Oh yeah, He was exactly talking about it. What's God's plan for followers of faith? Billions. Billions. That's God's desire, God's heart. But it comes down to every individual making that choice, making that decision to be faithful to God. And maybe it was a night like this. Full moon, shining over. Or maybe it was a night like this. An incredible night where you can see, I don't know if you've ever been out to the desert on a clear night. And it's it's it's. It's almost like on top of you, there are so many stars. Imagine a night like that. And God saying to you, count the stars if indeed. And at 75 and then later when this happened, Abraham was about 90 some years old. God saying, I'm going to give you a child. It was a point of controversy with Sarai. She didn't believe it. But Abraham took God at his word. And from that moment, Abraham became God's close friend because there was trust. He trusted God's promise. And today I want to encourage you to have faith in God. Who really can you have faith in like God? I learned at a very young age, I can't trust situations or people. I need to invest my life in God. Because I've seen it in other people's lives. He's going to take care of them. He's going to bless them. And it's going to go well with them. Or maybe it was a night like this. An amazing star display. In either case, I want to encourage you today to make a big choice in your life. And you know, as you saw birthed up here tonight... I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe you've left God. I want to encourage you to come back. That's how generous and loving and a merciful God we serve. He allows us to come back. We shouldn't test that. We should always remain faithful. But if it happens, if it's the exception, God wants you to come back. If you've gotten weak spiritually, you know, kind of like Lot, you've made some bad choices and and you're tangled up again in prison to sin... God can set you free again if you'll make the right choice, a significant choice. We're going to close out and see how does Abraham's story tie in with the New Testament? We believe in Christ and him risen from the dead. How does Abraham tie in with Jesus? You remember the priest that Abraham ran into? We're going to talk about that later. But he was a foreshadow of someone else. And the Bible does that all the time. There's always foreshadowings in the Old Testament of the New Testament. But let's read here what Paul said about the tie-in with Abraham and the promise that we have through Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20, as he's talking about Abraham, he says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being Fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. Now, there's a difference. When Abraham went back and forth with God a little bit on that night, he said, God, if you want to bless me, I don't have any children. Struggling in your faith is not doubt. That's just a struggle. There's a difference. It's okay to struggle with your faith. As long as you fight through it and get strengthened in your faith. As long as you don't let your faith fall to the ground. But struggling in faith when you're tested is normal. It happens to everybody. It happened to Paul. It actually happened to Jesus. When he was struggling to give his life over to be crucified. He struggled through his faith and came out on top never doubt it though and that's what abraham did and then these last verses verse 23 through 25 it says the words that was credited to him were written not for him alone but also for us to whom god will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who was who raised jesus our lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. You know, the only time when Jesus' sacrifice can apply to your life is when you believe. And as we talked about life last week, belief cannot be a superficial intellectual. Hang a pendant from the from the back, the rearview mirror on your car, or put up a cross in your house. No, it has to be something that you live out. You know, we live in a, a world of atheism. A lot of people do not believe in God. You know what? One of the greatest causes of atheism is in the world today is Christians who don't acknowledge Jesus with their actions. Atheists simply say this. That's what an unbelieving, find, an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. See, if people don't see real faith in us, it's hard for them to believe. I'm not saying being perfect. What I am saying is we live out what we believe. And we hold on to our faith. And we fight for our faith. And that's what brings the promise. We, you and I, when we believe like Abraham and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we inherit the promise. That's why, as we heard in the beginning, we can call Abraham our father, father of our faith. See, that inheritance that Abraham received, guess who else receives it now? If you make a decision today to give your life to Jesus and begin following Him and study out the Bible, repent and turn your life over to Jesus, and if you're baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you will fall under that covenant, that contract, that that unbreakable promise that God made. I'm with you and I want to bless you. And that means when you go out tonight, and God willing, if we have some stars in the sky tonight, you can see them. You can look up at those stars and say, God, that's what you want to do with my life. That's what you want to do with our church. The church around the world. How many people does God want to affect around the world through us? Billions. But it comes down to us living our faith. So as you make choices this week, I want to encourage you, don't be like Lot. Surround yourself with godly people who can help you make those good decisions. And consider the Scriptures. Consider what the Bible says about those big decisions. And that's why it's so important for us to read on a continuous, regular basis the Scriptures. Did you know that you can get an app? I just found this out this week on your phone. You version Bible. It's not only you don't even just read it, you can hear it. They just added this feature. It's for free. You can hear the Bible anywhere. I was out walking the dog this week in the morning, and I was listening to Genesis chapter 12 from the U verse for free. I didn't have to buy anything. It was awesome. The Bible's right there. For all of us, if you've got Wi-Fi. (laughs) But the Word of God is readily available to all of us. I'd encourage parents, make sure the Word is in your home. And that you read the Word in your home. That's where the blessing comes from. We're going to close out in preparation for the communion as we take the communion. But I want you to remember these thoughts as we close out. What it says here... He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We take the communion because we believe. And I want to encourage you, if you're not in the faith and you're not a believer and you haven't fully given your over life, I want to encourage you, don't take the communion today. It's not a ritual for us. It's very significant. It's very important. I would wait till you've worked out your faith before you take the communion. Because it's big. It's for believers. It's for people who understand and believe. Jesus gave His life for me, and I want to give my life to Him and live for Him. Amen? Let's pray for the communion. Father, we are grateful today for the privilege that You've given us to be under the promise and the covenant of Abraham through Jesus. Thank You that Jesus came to die for our sins and give us a new beginning. Help us, God, to make good choices in our life in response to the cross. In response to the blood and the, and the body of Jesus that we'll make better decisions about how we're going to manage our lives. Thank you for the forgiveness. If we have made mistakes, God, please wash us, cleanse us, give us a new beginning this week so we can start over and start fresh and be right with you. Thank, for you, thank you for your abundant forgiveness. Bless us today. And bless our church, that we can see what Abraham was promised be realized in our generation and in the generations to come, that billions of people will be saved and come to know Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you. Bless this communion. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.